Welcome to the official Scottish Rugby podcast as we look back on a weekend that saw a total of 18 tries scored for Scotland between the men and the women. We'll be turning our attention to this weekend's all-important decider with Ireland in Pool B of the Men's Rugby World Cup as well as looking ahead to WXV2, which kicks off in South Africa later this month. So to do that, Chris and I are joined by Scotland Women Head Coach Brian Eason. Very good to see you, Brian. How are we doing? Good, good to see you, yeah. It's good weekend it was last weekend, wasn't it? Well, I'll tell you what, I mean, when we see when we word it like that, 18 tries. It took us a long time to count them up. <laughs> <laughs> we were doubting ourselves about we two minutes ago. We didn't need to share that, was <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that was, yeah. But 12 and 6. 12 and 6. 12, 12 for Scotland men, 6 for... You and the women. I mean, that's a a good day at the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It was really. It was nice to kind of, I suppose, blow off the cobwebs. Um, pre-season's been good. A couple of hit outs against Ireland and Wales, but nothing's like the real thing. Getting a test match under the belt, six good tries, and then up the stairs into the centenary suite to watch the men and seeing them run in twelve tries and looking confident. And as you said, the big. The big week against Ireland. It's quite important that, isn't it? Because we talk about pre-seasons, we're looking at Edinburgh. Edinburgh's had a really mm. long pre-season. That opportunity to play a test, especially before WXV2, massively important um, to get that opportunity against Spain at the weekend. But what's it been like in camp over the last couple of weeks with the, the squad for you settling in? Um, it's been brilliant. It's been really good. But I did say to them on Monday morning that when you look at myself and Martin Hag, there's probably about 100 years worth of coaching experience in there and none of us have had a bad pre-season. Mm. Um, we, we laughed about that a wee bit. And, yeah. like, you've not played anybody. You've not dropped anybody. Nobody's injured. So everybody's happy. Mm. And it's I suppose it's keeping your feet on the ground when you've had a pre-season. And I think that's why it was really important to get that test match against Spain. And you know, watching it first 20 minutes was quite a, you know, it was a few cobwebs in there, a bit of dust that we wanted to, to brush off. And after that, I thought performed really well. So pre-season is always good, but you just need that little hit out just to, to get in the right place. It's hard as well. You say nobody's played. It's true, but it's even harder when your first game's a test match. Usually, again, <laughs> we, said, usually we spoke mm. about with the head of the Rugby World Cup as well, where you know, you're going straight into a test match having not played for two or three months. Usually it is a... 20 minute here or there or a you know, club game behind closed doors but going straight to test matches it makes it much more difficult and I know you said you'd had training sessions with Ireland and Wales which you know set the, the foundation but you must be pleased with that, that game you can six tries three in the first half three in the second I thought the line it was excellent line you mentioned line of defence as well there's more in the there's more in the tank though, isn't there? There's more shots to fire, but you'll be you'll be pleased with the with the start you've got in a test match for the opening game of the, of the, of the season. Yeah, you're right. A test match to start with is always difficult because you're you're starting at a level probably higher than you've been mm. used to before. And you know, prior to them coming in to us, they they, they had been training at their clubs, um, so they came into us a good level, and then we got a good pre-season. But to have your first game as a test match is tough. But you're right. I thought lineup was excellent. Mm. I thought some defensive it's a good source, so, it's a real well. source points. In terms of the mall and stuff, but it's a real source of confidence for you as well. I think as well as well as you know, maybe you don't always score off it or be in the right place, but you can take real confidence and get in control of the game through the lineup. Yeah, and I think I thought the attacking lineup, mall wise, was good. There was a couple of little things we weren't too sure about the Spanish kind of tackling the player with the ball at the back mm. of the mall and stuff like that that we sorted out at half time. Um, but it does give you a good source. But I thought defensively, 
in terms of defensive line out. The turning point in the game was probably about 22, 23 minutes when Sarah Bonner stole their line out in the bottom left corner and then two minutes later she scored in the yeah. in the far side as well first. from they another line out. Yeah, they got the first point. So, so they, they scored first and then, you know, we hadn't really got into the game and then that turning point, as I say, it was from a defensive line out to then an attacking line out to then scoring in the next corner. So... You're right, good source for us, yeah. and it's and really it's good pleasing. to get Bonds back as well because she missed a lot of the six, yeah. well, all the Six Nations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah her, you know, Bonds um, and Wassel yeah, both missed been. Six Nations. Um, Lindsay O'Donnell, Louise McMillan mm. did a brilliant job through Six Nations, and to have, you know, Louise McMillan, Emma Wassel, Sarah Bonner, we've now got Fee McIntosh from from Saracens as well. So we've got you know four options. really good second row options plus Eva Donaldson who can mm. also play second row back who did well so in the Six Nations who did really well in the Six Nations as well so to have those players back with a set piece like we've got in there as well and you look at Lana and you look at Ellis Martin you look at the difference in her throwing as well over the last year has been has been excellent working with Scotty Lawson and you know just the difference that that gives us just those extra couple of percent um, Ellis, set piece is great. Ellis will have been delighted as well to, well, I mean, Johnny Matthews and Ellis, <laughs> both replacement hookers, both mm. coming on, both scoring a try for Scotland for the respective men and women. It's not like them, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. I mean, it's brilliant just to have uh, just the depth. And I think you know, you're saying, how was the squad? And over the, the pre season, the squad's probably the best I've ever seen it in terms of depth. And I think what that does as well is it just forces, I suppose, those senior players who probably have probably been guaranteed positions in, in the past and now looking over their shoulders and going, you know, everybody's having to work really hard just to get that position and that's been the real positive part of the pre-season for me. I'll tell you what, we had Lana and Chloe on uh, the official Scottish Rugby podcast a few weeks ago and I've got to talk to you about this for me. <laughs> your traffic light system. So you had, a, so I don't know, I don't know if you got a chance because mostly you weren't, you were in France for this one, but uh, you'll have heard it. But so you've got your traffic light system. You've got your red, your green, your yellow days, don't you? As to what degree they can expect of intensity, I suppose, yeah, is the theory. Yeah, I change it every now and again just <laughs> to be a little just? bit smart. <laughs> Yeah, stick a green one in and it's going to go full boom and they're never happy so they were saying every session's a red one but that I guess that's how you yeah, it has for been a tournament much isn't in it pre-season but good yeah it's got to be that way yeah isn't it? it has to be that way like we've, we've probably improved that a little bit on a Wednesday <laughs> we have a physical day on a Wednesday and we do try and get up to test match intensity as much as we can because um, you know yourself when you go 15 on 15 mm-hmm. you know teammates against teammates it's maybe not what you need it to be so yeah we'll throw in a wee surprise maybe stick a yellow in the in the session planning and change it to red just before the session starts. <laughs> Why <but> no? He's <laughs> got that smile. I'm allowed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm allowed. Red's, a, red's a, the tough session physically and like, well, from fitness in terms of physicality, but you can only do that if you, exactly what you just said, if you've got more depth. Yeah. But you can't get a red session if you don't have the required amount of depth to go hard at each other. Nah. If you can only get... 15 or 12 or 15 or 8 but 15 and 15 with the depth it makes a massive difference we've spoken to us a lot about this as well you know she's got 64 65 caps now for scotland um in terms and what was it 60 of those were on the bounce which is a staggering achievement mm. but she'll be the first to say a lot of that was owing to the depth in the position too so from you as a scotland women's head coach as mossy saying this is a really good problem to have it's a great position to be in <laughs> Yeah, sorry, but you guys, you don't have to pick the team. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's a brilliant problem to have because you, you are, like genuinely, before we played Spain, it's the longest selection meeting that we've had. Mm. Um, because 
you can now look at teams that we're playing against and potentially pick different players from mm -hmm. the style of the, of the opposition. So we know that against USA and against South Africa, it's going to be physical. And against Japan, it's going to be a little bit different. So you can actually pick different players depending on who you're playing against and what their style of play is as well. So that's a, that's a big change. Um, and, and also, everybody just wants to play in every game. And that just puts pressure on each of them, which means we work harder, which then forces our standards up. And back to your point, mm -hmm. it then means that when we do want to go red, high intensity, full if on, it genuinely is Red. at the level you can do it, it. it, it, you, can do it. Yeah. you can do it for long Aye. you know you literally you are saying look it's five six minutes and we'll go we'll worst some worst case scenarios two minutes two minutes 20 seconds sometimes mm. um like full-on changing balls and stuff like that and it is f high intensity but it's able to do that because it's 15 on 15. and red doesn't i used to see it the same when i played you'd see the red session you know here we go and everyone would be nervous but it's not always just aligned to physicality like sometimes your red can be your your cognitive capacity to make decisions under different stresses you used to always think oh, so you run at the ground and hit each other it's not it's like the red can be in terms of how much pressure you put under to execute a decision or you don't get a second chance and it just replicates what happens on the field really but i suppose it's a uh, so we're talking positively which is great but was there anything from the weekend against spain or there will be i assume that you feel you need to work more on ahead of the South Africa game in a, in a couple of weeks' time? Yeah, I thought um, I, you were saying the set-piece was good. I thought the set-piece scrum and line it was excellent, yeah. but I didn't think we launched particularly brilliant mm -hmm. off them. I thought you know, we had some good platforms to go and we probably didn't. Our one to three phase plays weren't quite as crisp as we'd like them to be, and I think that comes from playing, um, as you said, to have your first game as a test match. Mm -hmm. It's probably a little bit more pressure than you would expect just to get up to speed. So timing was maybe a little bit out on that but that's simple fixes yeah. and it's little things that you can you can review from that um it's pre-season isn't it as well it's like you say this is that that's what that tests for yeah exactly yeah, the players want that yeah want to get that feeling as well like they've probably identified the same things as you that would go really well and things that they need to sharpen up on it's it's almost impossible to uh, to assess where you are without a test without a game so it, it, it's just good for for Burnley as a head coach to, to figure out it was for the players that actually listen we need to do more on that or less on that or we're exactly where we want to be on you know scrum line or whatever it is but the strikes need to be better so and that's a sign of an experienced squad where if they identify the same thing as what the coaches identify yeah. that need work or have been successful. It's really interesting we've got a really good leadership group and a really good strategy group and we have a, a, a strategy meeting pre-game um, with I suppose the senior players um, and I'll meet them at half time um, just before we go and meet the rest of the players because it's really important that coaches and players have the same kind of idea of mm. what's going on and we were bang on like during the how they were really feeling. aligned yeah aligned. really mm -hmm. aligned how they were feeling on the pitch as to what we were seeing as well and that's really important yeah. that, that there is that feeling that's going on so there's obviously some kind of alignment going on there and it just makes messages that little bit easier Does that feel like a, a quite a key part of the evolution of this current Scotland setup for you in terms of the since coming into the squad and your full journey of coming into the squad and, and being in this position now? Yeah, I would say so. I think we've, we're growing all the time. I think we learn a lot, an awful lot. We like we'll we'll review. I suppose you have hot reviews and rugby sessions, but you also review each campaign. And um, we've had some pretty in-depth reviews. We've had some pretty. Um, pretty honest reviews as well where we've learned a lot and I think for me just that evolution around coach led into more player led now is 
is probably the thing that we're learning most from and because we've got some real good people in there some real knowledgeable rugby people in there led brilliantly by rachel but she's also got a really good leadership group with her and you know it's not just leaders in terms of the senior players we talk about leadership being might come from a one cap or a, it might be something influential they do in a game or something inspirational they do wherever and we, we leadership is from one to thirty rather than just the head coach or the or the captain it's from everybody we have to take a minute to talk about Rona Lloyd's tries. I mean, we've got six great tries to choose from, but Rona Lloyd's try, I mean, if you haven't seen it already, you absolutely have to check out on Scotland's uh, Scottish Rugby social media channels. What a try. What a try. <laughs> She's still running. Is she, is she, is she stopped? <laughs> I mean, it was it was phenomenal. And I think like we were in the coaching box and uh, like I think Tyrone, the scrum went and it wheeled and Evie picked and gave it to, to Merrill. And I, I think Ty went, what? You've not got a beep here, have you? But anyway, <laughs> and it was, it was like, what you, great try. You know, it was yeah. like one of those. But it was, under, it was a shadow of your own post, centre field. The game was, was it seven, was it, was it seven all or uh, five, five all? Five, five all at that yeah. point. And it was, I mean, you, you'd been kind of under pressure a wee bit. So yeah. to have the, the bravery and an execution to go from underneath, I don't know if it was called that or if it was just reacted, but brilliant yeah. to go so for it. Fast. And then brilliant offload from, from Merrill. Mm-hmm. Outstanding pass and timing pass for, for Emma just for, for Rona. What would be seventy metres? Yeah, sixty-five. But what we have, I mean, uh, to be honest, with you, we've, we've gone. We have, we have said to them, look, if it's on, wherever you are, go for it. You like talk about gambling responsibly, and you know, generally, if it's on, go for but it. The execution had to be good the as well. The execution has to be good. And Merrill, you know, depending on pulling two defenders, yeah. get off the other way. It was a team try. Emma, Emma, going like f- top speed left to right, and Rona didn't check and. Once she caught that ball, there was no way she was getting caught. Um, but it's great. And and the real positive thing for us is, I suppose as a team and a management team, is that if you, they have that confidence now just to go with it. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, we did done that, I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard place to kick exit from as well. It's a really hard like place genuinely. to kick exit from. Under right the under post. Your, under <laughs> <your> post. <laughs> I, I hit one, we're going a long time ago now. I try to clear the kick under my own post and hit the underside of the crossbar against the bridge end once. A long time <laughs> you ago. Won the cross, you won the crossbar <laughs> challenge. Well, aye, was the bridge end? underside <laughs> of it though. Was that at bridge end? You probably uh, broke the bridge crossbar. I just got broken after it. Luckily, the ball went dead, but it is like. It, it's a long way to the touchline if you're kicking. If you're kicking and keeping it in the field, you're from the middle of the field, so effectively you're opening up two sides to attack from, so your kick chase has to be really spot on, but you're coming at a scrum, so eight of your players are, are in a huddle. Tight, so yeah. it, it is really hard to, to exit for there. So Which makes it all the more impressive. It makes impressive. It, so it, it, it makes it kinda all the more sensible to do what yeah. you did. Yeah. Um, you, it's, but so it's, it, it was a brilliant try, and it was psychologically a real blow. I think that's what was pop, you know, hinting at before when it was five all to to the Spanish, and then Merrill scored again just after, yeah. uh, just before half times with three tries, first half, and you were in a good position. So I think that, that, was good. that that probably just that was, as I say, after Bonds had stolen their line out in mm-hmm. the bottom corner, so they were in the ascendancy, and it was a perfect time for us mm-hmm. just to score. And that was, I think, that's where we took the confidence yeah. from for the rest of the game. And we did say at half time that we probably we just didn't hold on the ball long enough first half. Um, we just needed to just to keep ball a little bit longer and I think the first set straight after half time we kept it for a good two minutes, put them under real pressure and then from then on it was it was all us really. You've got to have someone to analyse as well, so that's a, that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a positive. Uh, I suppose Mossy, you're you're the one to ask about this when we talk about Rona. 
switching from sevens, GB sevens, Heron mm. Tomo, switching from sevens to fifteens. What is that? What it's is hard. that like? It's as much a harder than I think we we think or give credit for. It's a completely different game. Uh, yes, the the kind of athletic ability is similar, especially playing in the back three to playing in the sevens. But the number of uh, contacts you have in the balls probably fewer in fifteens. You obviously playing shorter duration in sevens, and you're kind of reviewing and analysing things much quicker to move on to the next game or the next tie. With fifteens, you need that 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 kind of mental uh, awareness switched on for the whole time. So it's really difficult, and quite a few of the players are flipping back and forward. And I think we probably don't give them enough credit for how well they do it because it is hard, especially for somebody like Lisa Thompson who could play in the forwards and sevens and then obviously in the midfield and fifteens. It, it's hard for them to to do it, but they just seem to take it in a stride. It's a different sport. Yeah, It is a different game now, and I think you always look at sevens and say, you know, because it's 14 minutes, but it's a completely different fitness as well. Mm-hmm. So your, your, contact, that psychological? your contact conditioning, the psychological side, as you say, You have to switch on and off. You have to switch on and off in sevens because you play 14 minutes, you need to get away, you need to switch off and look and forward to the next again. game. Yeah. And then you're back on again. Yeah. But in 15s, you can't switch off after 14 minutes because you're only halfway through the first <laughs> half. It's it's psychologically and physically totally different. So, you know, they've both come in um, and both done really, really well. But I think it's just taking them time just to get up to speed. And But then you saw Rona, she got up to speed. So, <laughs> She's to be fair. Up to speed. At this point, get her to She's slow down. To um, <laughs> you mentioned, as well, and actually just on that, you know, Rona also got try the. I'm sure she got the GB7s try of the season she as did, well. That's right, yeah. So when we look at the, you carry on, Rona, you keep yeah. doing, you keep doing you. Um, you did mention that on Saturday night you stayed on to watch Scotland men take on Romania in Pool B. What was your assessment of that game, and, and what was it like watching that game together? Oh, I th- I th- it was just so nice just to see Scotland scoring the amount of tries that they scored. Um, you kind of, I suppose, you look at Scotland. That's how we base our game is on that speed of ball, that winning. That we get quick ball. There's no team's going to live with us. We are probably one of the best attacking teams in the world when we get the collisions right. You got players like Darcy who could, you know, his finishing skills are just undoubted. Um, but just it was also good just seeing your Hamish Watson's coming back and Johnny Matthews coming in as well. It was just such a good thing. And you know, we talk about having a squad of, you know, people in a good place. They, Scotland look happy. They look in a, they look confident. Um, and I think scoring 12 tries in any game, Darcy getting four as well, which kind of puts us in a good place for, for Saturday night. Four tries, but a couple of assists, assists as well, well, which is really important. Like, and one is, I think, was it, uh, was it Ali Price's try? Mm-hmm. Was it the second try? Darcy broke through and it was a two and one. Now, that's before he scored one, two, never mind four tries. So his decision-making was excellent. Like He could easily have thought he could have gone for that and tried it himself, but it wasn't. It's really clear can say so that the four tries are ultra impressive but the two his assists were, were brilliant as well like he's he's great to watch I think he's just everybody loves watching you know, like his, his attitude his power his speed his evasion it's, it's just I think even non-Scots all enjoy watching yeah I think I think that's a you know it's a real interesting thing you say and you use the word power with Darcy you look mm. at Darcy and you maybe think oh, he's maybe not stature wise like everybody else but He's as powerful. He breaks a few tackles. He eh? breaks a few tackles. He runs hard. He runs really. He runs hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just, you know, it's it's one way. Mm-hmm. It's some going, but he can then he can move and he's going at full speed. He can actually still move and 
Um, I just, I love watching, I'm the same as you, yeah, I just, just love watching him. Rugby's a game of ent entertainment first and foremost as well, and he also, he makes it highly entertaining to watch, you know, from a fan's perspective, it's entertainment uh, above all, and, and you're looking at it, but also when you see what he posts online afterwards, all he said, rugby is fun. <laughs> it looks <laughs> it though, Tim. And it is, and, he, and that's and that, it, that's, isn't that's, it? That's, uh, that's one of the important things from Saturday night's game, and looking ahead to, to this week's game, it looked fun for everybody. There was yeah. a smile on their face. When you were going into possibly, for this squad, one of the most high-pressure games they've probably experienced in terms of a squad with a game against Ireland coming up, you have to go into that in a good frame of mind. So the fact that it scored 12 tries, there was multiple try scorers, Johnny Matthews gets his first cap, gets a try, that all helps. The, the tempo, the speed, everybody looked happy. And that's really important as a starting point for what's going to be asked of them this week in terms of what that's going to be asked them in trading, what's going to be asked them in terms of those who are unlucky not to be selected, how they have to prepare and help prepare the team that is selected. So you have to tee that this week off in, in a positive mindset and, and a positive frame. And, and that was one of the other bonuses and you know from from Saturday night's game. But yeah, <laughs> the opposition will be different this week. We know that. But Scotland had to get their systems right and they did. They weren't selfish. There wasn't a lot of white line fever. It's exactly what Gregory wanted from a yeah, bonus point victory against Romania. You don't envy coaches, and I'm not asking you about this game in particular, but as a coach, you tapped into it a bit earlier about as a selector, you do have a big job to do. And if you look at that game, um, with the greatest respect to the opposition in Romania as well, it is a very different challenge of Ireland this weekend. But the decisions that Gregor and the team will have to make, the coaching staff will have to make, are big ones. You've got a, a, mm. lot, of, a lot of players there that have put their hands up in that game. And so, I mean, you talked about Hamish. We, there's a lot of decisions to be made. There's some really big calls to make. I think um, you're all, I think the big thing that we've talked about, or a lot of people have talked about, is the, the physicality of Ireland. Um, they probably are defensively, their mindset is defensive. Um, they enjoy defending, so but you've got players like Darcy who can beat that defence, and mm. it's, which is exciting. Um, you've got Hamish who can potentially, you know, give them a bit of a, a bit of a hard time at the collision, at the breakdown, because we need collisions. We need the collisions to be quick for us allowed to play the way we want to play. Um, but I think it's it's always really interesting at a World Cup or a big competition. I think the big thing last week is that everybody's now played. You know, everybody in the squad has now actually been part of the World Cup, which is which is massive. Um, so everybody's been part of it. I think Gregor will probably have picked his team and announced his team pretty early, which will allow the non-15, non-23 to help prepare that team as best they can. And that's the most important thing, I think. You know, we look at the squad and you'll look at the 15, the 23, but the non-23 are so vitally important this week just to... To really, you know, we talk about the red stuff in the mm -hmm. session planning, and you look at, you know, the, how Ireland are going to play. They'll throw things at Scotland, so we know exactly how, what to expect. They'll defend like Ireland, and so it's a, it's a really it's a big big squad week. Um, but back to your point, wow, Gregor's going to have a, a a long selection meeting, I would imagine, and there'll be a lot of discussions around two or three positions in particular. A few pizzas will be getting ordered for that meeting. <laughs> I would imagine so. Then <laughs> <laughs> to breakfast the next day as well. Um, from from your own perspective as well, before the tournament, Gregor had said how important, how crucially important it is not just to have a good pre-season in terms of training together, but also that opportunity to live together as a squad. Is that something that you would agree with as well? Totally agree. I think the bonding part, 
is hugely important. And I think you look around, I suppose you look in that squad, you've got people like Lecky, you've got Bielsey, mm-hmm. um, you've got, you know, all these kind of people around the periphery of the squad who are just who are just brilliant at pulling things together. You know, the, I know Gregor works really hard on the off-field stuff and, you know, you get used to living with people because it's a long time. They were out in Nice before the World Cup. They were getting used to that hotel and, you know, they're, I know they're out of the town and they're, they're up in Paris now as well. But just to have that, and you know, obviously the after South Africa game, having the wives and families out there as well is really important. So you're away for a long time and it is really important that you all get on. And um, it looks, you know, that Romania game and you were talking about it, they're all got smiles on their faces and, and clearly it's it's going well. And But it all comes down to this one on Saturday. Doesn't adjust. I'm trying to figure out. I think there'll be more pressure on Ireland than Scotland. I agree with you. I'm keen to hear why and you think pressure so. there's pressure everywhere. And to be honest, the pressure only lasts until you kick off. I, I always found that as a player, anything that was written or spoken about or discussed, it, it's peripheral, really. Because once you start, you, you're in you're in the moment, you're able to have a contributing factor to it. You, you can contribute to it, you can affect it because you're, you're doing it. But in the build-up, the, the, the sway of pressure and the, the, the expectancy on both sides is pretty high, but... I think Gregor will be pretty happy with where the players are. Obviously, didn't have the the start they wanted against South Africa, but have built through the two performances. Always knew, and as did Ireland, that this game was going to be crucial um, in terms of qualification. Ireland have just had their down week after you know that incredible performance against South Africa. So, it, you know, we felt. You know, how did we feel when we were going from South Africa to Tonga? It felt an eternity. It felt an age. Mm. So, are Ireland feeling that at the moment? It, the the pressure will be flipping back and forward, but you just as a player and as a coach, I assume, you just want to get started because that's where you can start to assert some control and all this nonsense that we're speaking about might be applicable, it might not be, but yeah. you want to get your hands on the players will be the same. Probably, as Brian says, team will probably be announced internally pretty early in the week so everybody can get their head around it and what your role is in order to prepare the team. But you just want it to come along. It's nine o'clock as well. Oh. France time on a Saturday night. It makes it even longer. It's the longest you just day. want it to come. You it's want you just desperate to get going. Those nine o'clock kickoffs are the longest. It's two days in one, isn't it? The you actually get two. Day. I quite like sleeping. You, 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 you get your two breakfasts. I was good at sleeping, so uh, <laughs> I liked them because it was two days in one. So you would get up earlier than probably normally would do for a match day, which I don't know for me, maybe force myself to bed about half eight or something. <laughs> And then he would have breakfast. He'd probably do a team walk or a light session, have some lunch, and then I was back to bed for a good you know, couple of hours sleep, two or three hours sleep. And you almost had to break up the day because it was such a long build-up if, if you were up early in the morning right through to a kick-off at nine o'clock at night. So it was almost two days in one. So I'd, I've got two nights sleep in the same day. It was great. It's <laughs> 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 happy. It's like we cat in the corner. Yeah, I know. <laughs> two breakfasts as well. Initially, when you, you always shared a room, it was pretty difficult because somebody else maybe didn't want to sleep through the day. But uh, then, latterly, towards the end of my career, you got a room of your own, and folk would just <laughs> see me on Friday. Right, I'll see you at kickoff. I'll just disappear and sleep. Where you go? And, that, and, and that's <laughs> really important it because it's you can plan too much on a day like that. As you say, team never the energy build up all day. You know, it's like go and do what you want to do. You do you. Yeah, that's you do how you. you. Okay. And just sleep you know sleep <laughs> or eat or whatever go and just go and do you if you want to go out for coffee go out for coffee mm. and because it is such such a long day um, the rugby world's eyes are on this game as well aren't everybody's watching this game because mm. this is the this one that is massive. looking at yeah it's um but again they'll try and shut that noise out mm. they'll try and keep away from it as much as they can it's not easy 
but they'll just focus on themselves and God. Uh, yeah, you get excited. I get excited. Oh, I can He's see it. The toes. I've been Cape Town. Do you, is that is that a, is that a side of is that a side of um, the game? Just before we move on again, but is that a side of the management that you quite enjoy in terms of having multiple different personalities, different <laughs> approaches? Is that some coaches love it, some coaches don't? How do how does that sit with you? I think you need different personalities. You need different people. Just kind of. Um, because different people, like everybody's different. People like to stay quiet. People like to get the music on. People like to joke. And you, you, you've got to let players be themselves. You you have to have. So you've got people that bounce off. They'll have you know, their glue person or whatever. You know, we call it. Just go and speak to somebody. Go and go away. Have coffee with whoever. And you need need different personalities. But it's also good as well from a management point of view. We say get out their way. Mm-hmm. Just leave them be. Mm-hmm. Um, let them get on with it. We sit and talk about WXV2, uh, but uh, you know it is a new competition. So perhaps for those that maybe uh, haven't seen the explainers, or can you give us a wee feel for for what it's actually about? No, I haven't a clue. Right? <laughs> 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 We're all getting used to it. Bunny, there's a reason I threw that question to you. <laughs> yeah, no, look, WXV is a it's a new world tournament. It's, and it's there's three, isn't there? There's three. So WXV one, one, two, and three. So WXV yeah. So WXV one is the top three of the Six Nations and top three of Pack Four. And Pack Four is New Zealand, Australia, Canada, and USA. So the top three of those would go into WXV one. WXV two was the next two in the Six Nations plus the European qualifier, and then obviously competitions in South America, uh, South Seas. You know, so there's that's that's where it's so there's six in each competition. WXV1, there's no promotion relegation. And when I mean promotion relegation, it's not the team, it's the region. So there will always be three Six Nations teams and always be three Pack 4 teams. Mm-hmm. WXV2 um, will have relegation, but it will be the region that gets relegated. So if Scotland were to be top and Italy were to be bottom, Italy, who are from Europe, would be rele- so Europe would be relegated. So what we really want, and because w, WXV 2024 is how you'll get World Cup qualification. Mm-hmm. So what you we, what we really want is that Scotland and Italy stay in WXV 2, and Ireland win WXV 3, which means there'll be another European team in WXV 2. So all Six Nations teams so would be in either one or two. Would be in one or two. And, it would be and if you're in one or two, you would then yeah. qualify for... For rugby, for, for rugby World Cup. I think you deserve a wee pat on the back for that explainer as well. To be honest, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> even breathe during that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's 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 properly aligned globally, though, isn't it? I mean, it's you can the, see the the yeah. longevity they're looking for, and yeah. the and the. I suppose if it, if there's no relegation from WXV one to two, but it's a regional space. If you were to top Six Nations or being a top three in the Six Nations, we'd would you play in WXV one next Correct. season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all the Wales are in it this year, and yeah. Wales. And Wales weren't at the bottom, and yeah. in fact, there's no relegation. Top three would still go up. Yeah. So if it was England, France, Scotland, it would be England, France, Scotland, and WXV one next year. And I like how it's res- kind of respecting three from the pack four and three from six because you're going to yeah. get the opportunity to play different nations you don't always play. Yeah. And the good thing about WXV one is maybe a little bit different. So WXV two is seeded. So it's um, so you're in you're, you're in a pool and you play cross pools. Mm-hmm. So it's seeded. So we'll play. That's why we're playing against um, USA, South Africa, and Japan. But in WXV one, it, what I like about WXV one, the fact that there's three Six Nations team and three Pack Four teams, Six Nations teams don't play against each other. Yeah. So Wales play against 
the pack 14 so wales will play against new zealand australia canada mm. england are the same so as you say it's just you know you're going across the world but you're not playing against the same opposition you play against week in week out it's and a few months earlier correct. effectively yeah. you know that's the other thing it's, mm -hmm. it's keeping the variety there but it's, yeah. it's also a great incentive for your your top finishing the top inside the top three in the tiktok women six nations of course it does and you know i think it's you know i suppose the tiktok six nations is becoming a really difficult competition to play in. i mm -hmm. think you know look at england and france you know we d we're not benchmarking ourselves against them yet you know i think it's coming you know, we can benchmark performances against them, but I think when you look at Ireland, Wales, Scotland, Italy, it's it's pretty tight. Um, and if, you know, we're all getting better. Mm -hmm. We're all really putting us each other under pressure. So, you know, it's it's an exciting competition to TikTok Six Nations, and then it gives that exciting competition for WXV. So, it's um, it's really great for us to grow grow players playing against those nations as well, and you know, just to get over to South Africa and you know, show the world what we're all about now is. It's really exciting, something to look forward to. As a fan as well, as a rugby fan, and with an, a, a growing, a very fast-growing rugby fan base uh, in this sport, I think it's a really good time too to be widening out that competition as well and to create, give, give more opportunities to watch Test Match Rugby. I think so. I think my only concern with WXV, um, and it's, I suppose it's a, it's a genuine concern, is if you, we don't have autumn tests at home, that's mm -hmm. the only thing. So, you know, we've played Spain last weekend. Our next game's not until TikTok Six Nations, when you would normally have an autumn test window. Um, and Especially the reason, with the fan mm -hmm. engagement. And the reason, I say, and the reason I say that is that connections yeah. that, you know, that I think, you know, it's something you and I have talked yeah. about, you and your kids, and yep. that tunnel at the end, you know, after the game is, you know, it's, it's a, essential, isn't it? It's essential. It's, it's, how, it's how you grow the game. It's part of the experience. And, you know, it's. Don't get me wrong, it's brilliant that the games are on TV and it's great that we're getting a global audience, but for us to grow the game in Scotland, I think we need to be mm. in Scotland at Hive as much as, as we can. Um, the next two games we get at home are against two of the best teams in the world, against England and France, which is brilliant, but it would be nice to potentially have another couple of autumn tests. However, going to Cape Town to play another three mm. internationals for us allows us to grow, but it's maybe something that we, the world rugby needs to look at. Is it every year or do they go every two years? I was going to say that. Is mm. it every year and is it is it in the same window? At the moment, every it year is, and it? how do you determine where it will be? Because yeah. WFC one's New Zealand, is it? New Zealand for one, Cape Town or South Africa for two, and uh, Dubai for three. For WFC three. So again, it's. I know it's something that world rugby are looking at. They're looking at when that window is, mm -hmm. how often it is. Um, look, don't get me wrong. It's a great concept. I think it's um, you know aligning mm -hmm. world rugby, like getting the best teams as well playing against each other, seeded as well, so you'll get good good fixtures. Um, but we also need to grow the game in our country, and I think um, and let know, wee boys and wee girls yeah, see yeah. The, the, see the players at home. Yeah. yeah, and look at you know I heard a lot of you know some really good stories at the weekend for the, the Spain game. You know all these local rugby clubs now who are growing girls women's sections coming along to watch the game and that's brilliant and for them to see your you know lisa thompson emma wassels rachel malcolm's playing is you know that that allows them to keep going they want to keep going but look if i've got to go to keep time for a month i've got to do it you know well <laughs> it's a i mean it's a, it's a cross to bear it's it's a it's a good timely conversation to have with you though as well as scottish women and girls in sport week and you know there's a, a whole campaign about it hashtag she can she will and it's just great to see that the scotland women have embraced it as well that they're getting hopping on the social media with that too because ultimately 
as a Scotland women's head coach, to have that great problem of having too many players is <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's ultimately it's a great problem to have. But regardless of what level of sport you're playing, what sport you're playing, ultimately getting involved in the game is yeah. I think look, it's, I, I think it's it's brilliant, and you know we had a. Um, the Scotland lacrosse team came to watch us at the weekend um, just through a contact that I had. They wanted to come and watch because they were, they were in a training camp in Edinburgh. They came along en masse. You know, I, I get, keep in touch with you know Chris Duncan at times, who's Scotland hockey with the, the women's team as well. And I think, you know, women's sport at the moment is growing no matter what sport it is. And, you know, it's great to have this week, you know, women's girls and women's in sport week. And um, just to see the growth of the game is just brilliant. And the more players that play for Scotland women, rugby, the better. Makes it harder for me to make selections. <laughs> but hey, we'll you know, we'll just keep improving the amount of number of players we get through. So, you know, it's it's on the you know, crest of a wave at the moment and we've just got to make sure we keep growing the game. That opportunity to be going out to South Africa, to be playing South Africa, USA, Japan. What are your thoughts looking ahead of that tournament? Um, excitement. Um, I think the growth of the squad is the one part that we just want to keep playing now. You know, we had two really good victories at the end of Six Nations, and we've gone and backed it up against Spain at the weekend, which is which is brilliant. And I think when you get three games on a bounce like that, you just want to keep going. So to be able to play South Africa in their own backyard uh, next a week on Friday in Stellenbosch is is really exciting for us. Um, we just want to we want to get out there and get going. It's like we're talking about the mm. island game. We just want to get going now. Um, so leave on Thursday, get out there, and we've got a good week's training before we play them. And then it's seven day turnarounds yeah, as well, which is three games in a bounce. But seven day turnarounds makes a big difference. There's not a six day. There's a you know, it's a seven day. So it's every Friday, um, which is great. So it allows you a good rest time. It allows us to to really recover properly and then and then go. We've got a good group of thirty, but. We'll, we've said and we've been very clear. We'll pick the team that we think is right to win that game. It's, you know, we want to go out there and win, win those three games. South Africa first up. What, what's the threat or what threats do they pose? Physicality. Is it similar like, to the men? Similar to the men. It's like sheer physicality. There's a lot of one-out runners, um, some big, big ball carriers. Um, so we know what to expect there. Yeah. Obviously, the the way we want to play, we'll we'll kind of we'll look at um, kicking a little bit more, probably in their own half, turning them. Lot of kick chase in there and just put put a little bit of pressure on them there and then when we get balls really coming to life. Um USA are the quite same similar. quite mm -hmm. similar. And then Japan They've had quite a transition to USA, haven't they? They have um, players. Milton Hague's out there yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Um sitting seventh, is that right? Yeah, about, about there, give or take. They're, the they're about sixth sixth of the world, yeah. yeah. But they used to be stronger I would say yeah um, so they've had it's a typical World Cup cycle. Yeah. You know, since the World Cup in New Zealand I think they've had quite a big change. Yeah. Um coaching changes as well um so yeah they're they're they didn't do p their best in pack four um but yeah look they've they've qualified mm -hmm. for wxv2 they'll be difficult as a you know really physical always athletic mm -hmm. um but again we'll we'll look at them when they're out there they're play, i think they play south africa on friday so we'll get our eyes on that and then just to analyze each team as we need to and get get ready to go and s japan will be speed Speed from all over the place. All over the place. Yeah, we've played them two or three times in the last couple of years. All over the yeah. place. And, you know, they're an exciting side, actually. Yeah. They're they're good becoming, to watch as well. They are really good to watch. It's really good to play against. It's always a good game of rugby. But they are, they're physical. They are, they're getting better. They're mm. physically better as well. Um, 
three different styles. I mean, yeah. I think it's good as well. It's good Which to coach against, it's good to play against, good to figure out in the in the in the moment as well for the players to adapt. And yeah, adapt. and and to play over in Cape Town as well. I think it's mm. kind of spring going into summer, so it's getting a little bit a little bit warmer out there. So perfect. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the feel of the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand almost about it as well, WXV2 I yeah. suppose to some degree, especially for a lot of the players that went on that tour uh, and were involved in that Rugby World Cup does that does that feel that way for you in the sense of like having that global tournament again? A little bit and I think you know the World Cup for us um, it was disappointing um, you know, to, go, to, to qualify for World Cup was, was great but then you want to perform at it um, and you know the games. I thought, although we performed well, we lost a couple of games. But we'd never done that kind of tour before that tournament. So actually having that in our back pocket, having done it now, we know what to expect. We know how to prepare properly, and we know how to to deal with that. So there is a little bit of a feel like that. And I think with the experience that we gained in New Zealand, I think we'll we'll use that to to the best um, that we can. And you know, it's it's you know we're in a pretty good place. There's a couple, two or three new players come in since Six Nations as well so it's just good that you know these players are now experiencing a, a tour and um, you know what tours are like you learn a lot about players you learn a lot about each other and you learn about the rugby that we want to play so yeah we'll learn a lot and yeah looking forward to it and you know looking forward to being in South Africa um, during the World Cup as well you know mm -hmm. South Africa men over there you know they'll be well supported so it'll be, be interesting just to see how that is supported over there too. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for joining us this week on the official Scottish Rugby podcast as we look ahead to Scotland's upcoming WXV2 tournament with a cracking explainer there from you as well. <laughs> Thanks very much to head coach Brian Eason. Uh, we wish you all the very best for the weeks ahead. This weekend, we turn our attention to the men's final Pool B fixture against Ireland on Saturday 7th of October. Kickoff for that game is at 8pm UK time. If you are not going to France or perhaps if you're not already in France, be sure to watch the game live on ITV and STV. We will be back next week with more exclusive content but in the meantime you can keep up to date with all the latest goings on inside camp on scottishrugby.org and Scottish Rugby's social media channels. Thank you.